You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. What's it like to go behind enemy lines and hear the cowbells ringing? Well, we're going to find that out today on a very special crossover episode with Taylor Jones, host of Locked On Mississippi State. Now, usually I'm the one that does all the promos, does all the reads, does all the other things, but I'm not going to be doing that today. It's actually going to be Taylor. So sit back, relax, make sure you subscribe to the podcast every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Podcast Day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. And also, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked On Aggies. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. What's up, Hell State Nation? Welcome into Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I am your host, Taylor Jones. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Locked On Miss State. That's Locked On M I S S S T. You can also send us an email if you would like. That's Locked On Mississippi State at gmail.com. Today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them that Locked On sent you. Today's show is also brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com, make your purchases, and when you do, use the promo code LOCKEDONSTATE for 20% off. And uh, as we do every Thursday, this is going to be a time where we talk to a media member that covers the team that Mississippi State is playing and due to the amazing family that we have at Locked On, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network, we're joined by another Locked On host, this time by Cole Thompson of Locked On Aggies. Uh, looking forward to a uh, big game this weekend in Starkville. Cole, thank you for taking time out and being a part of the show. How are you today? Taylor, I'm good. You know what? It is a great day to cover Texas A&M going into this weekend. And while they did get a big-time win to really help with the Jimbo Fisher solidity of his big-time contract, you never can sleep on a team in the SEC. It's already been a weird season as it is. And even though Mississippi State airs the game one and two, we've also seen them play at a pretty high level against an opponent who recently won the national title. So for anyone out there who says, oh, you know, this is going to be one of those games that people can kind of sleep on, don't bet your bottom dollar on that because I think both of these schools, both these squads have something to prove going into Saturday's matchup. And that's a good segue into our first topic and something that we ask everybody because it's such a unique year and some schools got uh, got the shaft, some schools got off a little easy. Uh, Texas A&M playing the SEC West, which is, you know, of course, a pretty tough uh, division in college football anyway. But you add on Florida, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Florida, a team that you've already taken care of. Vanderbilt to open the year, getting a win. Uh, so just your thoughts on A&M's draw with the SEC-only schedule. You know, the biggest thing that I didn't like about it was how early the competition was. This was an A&M team that even though is expected to be very talented because of how much veteran talent they're bringing back, they also lost two vital players on both sides of the ball in Shemad Osmond and Anthony Hines literally two weeks before the season began due to opt-outs for COVID-19. So I look at this team and... Overall, you want to play an Alabama team, the team that's likely going to be your biggest competitor towards the end of the season when you know where your strengths are, when you know where your weaknesses are, when you better prepare. Facing them on a week-two basis 
is a little tricky, especially with a young wide receiver core. But again, the bigger challenge for me actually was getting out of that gate against that Vanderbilt team. This is a Vanderbilt squad that likely is going to go one and nine, maybe at best two and eight. And they struggled immensely on offense. And even though we've seen a bounce back from Kellen Mond, it still shows the regression as the offense as a whole. If you do not have a good passing game, you will struggle to rely heavily on Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith in the run game. And if you do not have a good run game, you're basically asking Kellen Mond to throw the ball 40 times a game. And even that might not be enough to get you a big-time win. So I look at this A&M roster. I look at the schedule that they have ahead. They face off against Mississippi State. They go into a bye week next week. They get to kind of repair, rethink, reevaluate before taking on the likes of Arkansas for the very first time in a, since, I think, 2011 or 12 outside of AT&T Stadium, which has always been a trap game area for them. They actually get to play host them this year. I think that this will really decide the future of AM. I had them at the start of the year going 8-2. and two. I still think that they will go 8-2 and two on the season. But getting a massive win over a team like Florida, who recently did let go of their defense coordinator, Todd Grantham, who was after a horrendous start to begin the year, this now at least solidifies them as a competitor in the SEC, as a dark horse behind the names of Alabama and Georgia. Making the comment there about uh, being a dark horse and going 8-2, and two, uh, a lot of uh, people were you know, going after Coach Jimbo Fisher. Of course, he did sign that big contract, but I think it was – I feel like it was kind of unfair because, you know, he gets to has to uh, play in the same division with Alabama, LSU, Auburn. Uh, so I feel like uh, if he were in any other conference, he probably wouldn't be hounded as much. Uh, but he did get a big win over Florida. A lot of people were saying that that was probably a must win for him. I don't think he would have been fired, but that would have been the win. That would have been like, okay, he's here in year three. He's got his first big win. Things are starting to look up. Uh, so what were... Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Jimbo Fisher getting his first big win, quote-unquote, against Florida, and just how big of a win was that in the career of, uh, or the future, really, of Jimbo Fisher? You know, I think the thing that I really took away was his uh, enableness to be able to stay calm under pressure. This was a team that at one point was down by two touchdowns. They looked like they were going to be out in the count, and it was really kind of a shootout for most of the first and second quarters. So, Overall, Fisher never allowed his team to stumble, even when they did allow a touchdown, even when they did allow a big-time play to someone like Kyle Pitts or a big-time play to someone uh, like Kadavius Tony. They were able to really match well on offense this past week, especially with the wide receiver court, which is a brand-new unit that really came together after two-and-a-half weeks of inadequate play. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is that Caleb Chapman, they're – potential number one receiver will be out for the rest of the season with a lower leg injury. But when you talk about Jimbo Fisher in the win, not only does this show exactly what he can do when given time to recruit, but it also is the largest win. And it's the second win in his SEC career where he's being a top 10 team. Before this, he has struggled immensely against the SEC West and he struggled against top 10 opponents. He's only had one win and that came in a seven overtime shootout against LSU to which, in, in reality, anyone could have won that game after the fourth overtime. So to get a big-time victory, get a couple big stops in the fourth quarter, set up for that Steph Small field goal, and connect with young talent like Chase Lane, uh, with guys like Jalen Preston, with Jalen Weidemeyer, that really benefits and shows what potential Jimbo Fisher can do given time to recruit, given time to build the program, and make it in his own image. I'm not saying that the verdict should be completely out on Jimbo as an overpaid head coach, 
but he certainly has proven to the doubters, I know what I'm doing. I've been given time. Now time has come. Watch what I can do. We're talking with Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies on today's Locked On Mississippi State. We're going to be talking more about the Aggies, including Kellen Mond, and uh, much more about the Aggies as we head into the big game coming up on Saturday at 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. We're back with more Cole Thompson in just a moment. This is Locked On Mississippi State, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. You know what I like about rockauto.com? They're a family business. They serve auto parts customers. They've done it online for over 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com, shop for auto body parts, hundreds of manufacturers, finding the part that your car will need. And the cool thing about rockauto.com is the same price that you pay at rockauto.com It's the same price that those mechanics that have been doing this for 25 and 30 years, all remarkably low prices, and they have everything that you need. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts that you need. If you need something big like a new battery or uh, something for your motor, or if you just need something like a headlight, I've had to do that a couple times as well. Go to rockauto.com and you will easily be able to find everything that you need. And when you go to rockauto.com, you can get all of your parts shipped to your house. And when you go uh, check to checkout, be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's show is brought to you by my friends at Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel, they make great vintage premium college apparel. Uh, you talk, I've heard me talk about my uh, favorite sweatshirt that I have. I got that from Homefield Apparel, but they've got these amazingly vintage T-shirts that are, of course, made of that soft material. And uh, be sure to find your favorite Mississippi State style as well, including the Swing Your Sword T-shirt. Yes, they have a Coach Mike Leach T-shirt. It's a beautiful T-shirt, a very soft T-shirt, and uh, very stylish as well. But if you're uh, completely wiped out uh, the catalog at home field for Mississippi State, they've got many more schools as well. Definitely something to keep in mind uh, as you start Christmas shopping. Uh, Southern Mississippi has a store. Uh, you've got a couple of more, including Tulane and uh, Auburn. Some more of the SEC uh, has a home field apparel store as well. So, but when you go to home field apparel, make your selection. And you're probably going to want to buy everything in there. I'm not going to lie. I've wanted to do that myself. So when you go check out, uh, use the promo code LOCKEDONSTATE and you'll get 20% off your purchase. Again, that's 20% off with LOCKEDONSTATE at homefieldapparel.com. We're talking with Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies on today's show to get us better prepared for the upcoming game with the Aggies. Here, uh, That's going to be starting uh, Saturday at uh, 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. We talked a lot about Jimbo Fisher there in that first segment. We'll now move on to Kellen Mond. Uh, Kellen Mond, a guy that uh, chose A&M out of college, uh, Texas, uh, originally a Texas guy, went to IMG Academy and found his way back to Texas. Um, he's been here for a couple years now. Is uh, Kellen Mond development-wise, is he where Aggie fans think he should be? No, um, and again, that's a really weird question because I think a lot of Aggie fans believe that when Jimbo Fisher came in, they were going to see a Heisman Trophy winner and Jameis Winston 2.0, something along the lines of that, and they didn't get that immediately. Instead, they got a quality quarterback who is unfortunately still making mistakes, not able to get the ball off as soon as he wants, playing behind an average offensive line, 
there's just a lot of different things when you look at Kellen Mond that make him, I'd say, at best an average quarterback in the SEC, and that's not what A&M fans expected, especially when they went out and they got a guy who's known as a quarterback whisperer. And we'll stay on the topic of Kellen Mond here. Kellen Mond, uh, of course, uh, leading the Aggies to a victory over Florida last week in the waning seconds. Uh, State's defense, probably their strong suit right now. I know uh, two weeks after that big offensive performance at LSU, a lot of people wouldn't even uh, give the defense mind. And historically, nobody thinks of defense when they think of a Mike Leach coach team. But uh, they have been able to hold their own. Uh, they held the Kentucky rushing game to uh, 75 total yards, I believe. It wasn't uh, near the century mark. And they had several players uh, run there. Uh, Terry Wilson wasn't able to throw very much either. So how do you think uh, Kellen Mond and the receivers will do against Mississippi State's defense this week? Well, I do think that's how they're going to have to win this game. Uh, when you really look at the history of Mississippi State, they've always been very good on the defensive front. You look at guys like Jeffrey Simmons, Montez Sweat, uh, I mean, Fletcher Cox even. The defensive line has always been their bread and butter well before the Dan Mullen era and well after it as well. So I feel like that the passing game is going to have to step up. As mentioned, Caleb Chapman, he's going to be out this week and for the rest of the season because of a lower leg injury that he suffered on the touchdown he scored in the third quarter which only means that they're going to have to ask a lot of the other guys, such as Cam Brown, a sophomore uh, sophomore wide receiver, uh, the likes of Jalen Preston, who was their leading receiver of the core last year that returned this upcoming season, and, of course, Chase Lane, the, soft, the uh, redshirt sophomore, who had a pretty decent game against Florida overall. But this also is going to be a very big game for DeMond Demons, the former five-star top 25 overall recruit. He's expected to start seeing reps with the first-team offense, and this was a guy who a lot of people were high on. He was going to be the future next Mike Evans of the program. The way Mississippi State's defensive backs have played, they've been average at best, so attacking the outside, probably working a little bit more on the inside, and eventually in the red zone targeting guys such as Jalen Weidemeyer will probably be Kellen Mond's best way to see success because the run game is is going to be limited, even with guys like Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller, plus Devin O'Shane, who all can be effective as pass catchers as well as running between or outside the trenches. And that was going to be my next point, too, just talking about the rushing game and how they stack up with the defense as well. I know Isaiah Spiller had a pretty good game against Florida. Yeah, Isaiah Spiller is one of the more consistent backs in the, in the SEC, I would say. If you look at what he's able to do in between the tackles, he's fantastic. He's also great in limited space, but he also can break free with pretty good speed. Then you have Anaya Smith, who really is kind of a Swiss Army knife weapon. When you think about what I'd say maybe James White does in the NFL for the New England Patriots, it's very similar. You can run him, you can use him on options, he can win on the edge, he can win in open space, but he's really effective as a pass catcher as that third down check down option that will be getting you enough yards to pick up the first down and keep drives alive. Then there's another guy by the name of Devon on Shane. He was another freshman talent, very under recruited because of his size is only five foot seven. But the guy at Fort Ben Marshall High School, right outside of Houston, Texas, rushed for over four thousand yards and eighty seven touchdowns in three years with the Buffaloes. So this is a guy with pure speed, one of the rising track stars in the SEC. If you allow him to win on just a simple dump route on the outside. You allow him to win on an option play. You allow him to win off the pitch. He's going to be able to break up field. And I don't know if his speed is going to be able to be contained by Mississippi State's first, second, or third line of defense. But more importantly, it's a one-two combination of Smith and Spiller and the Bulldogs best prepare to stuff the run inside the lane for Spiller, 
but also be ready to watch uh, to watch uh, pitch outs on the outside of Smith. Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies joining Locked On Mississippi State on this Thursday. Uh, the defense, uh, of course, they you know you talked about it a little earlier, and I kind of agree with you there with the uh, getting Alabama uh, very early and getting hit in the mouth really early when you're trying to get everything figured out, especially with the season being delayed the way that it was. Uh, how do you see the defense stacking up with KJ Costello and the rest of the offense? The offense in Mississippi State not doing as uh, as well over the last uh, couple of games. A very horrendous game at Kentucky. It saw six interceptions being thrown. Four of them by KJ, two by uh, true freshman Will Rogers. Uh, how do you see the defense stacking up against Mississippi State, knowing that they've had a couple of bad games, but are still very capable of putting up a lot of yards? You know, the biggest thing for me is seeing what they're going to be able to do with Kylan Hill. I think that you have to get Hill, who I personally believe going into the season was the best running back in the SEC. You have to get him more touches. He officially came back to Starkville because of the hiring of Mike Leach and what he does bring. And while the air raid system, I think, is promising and completely different than anything you will see on a normal SEC Saturday, it has proven that it does take time to adjust. So sometimes you have to go with what you know. And Hill, with his production last year, with his minor bit of production this year, is showing that he is the reason that you have to watch out for. But if you do decide to go past 50, 60 times a game, I think the biggest thing is you're going to have to target the left outside of the Aggie secondary with a young cornerback in Jalen Jones. This was a five-star recruit last year who was playing in high school at Cibola Steel in San Antonio, Texas. Played originally safety, but because of his six-foot-two frame, was a perfect addition to play on the outside in man coverage for a Jimbo uh, Fisher system, which is what he does like at his cornerback position. So I think that that's a guy who has struggled in moments against against outside receivers, specifically because of his young age still trying to adjust to the position and also just SEC speed. So for Costello, he has to be able to make sure that his vertical threat is lined up on the left side of the field so that way he can connect as soon as possible. I think that because of the weakness of the pass rush that A&M possesses, he will have plenty of time in Costello to go sit in the pocket, deliver his three-step drop, and be able to probably connect with someone but he does have to start connecting a little bit better. This was a guy who looked the part in week one against the Florida defense and has struggled immensely against Arkansas and Kentucky in weeks two and three. So if he wants to have a good game, I would say rely on the vertical threat. But if all else fails, Mike Leach, go back to what you know, and that is go with Kylan Helm. Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies joining us on today's show. We've got one more segment uh, coming up with Cole here, so uh, stay tuned. This is Locked On Mississippi State, your team every day. This is Locked On Mississippi State, brought to you by rockauto.com. We're joined by Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies, previewing this week's game against the Bulldogs and the Aggies at uh, Starkville. Um, One thing that we brought up in yesterday's show on uh, Locked On Mississippi State, uh, we titled it the Bolo episode because we were being on the lookout for several things. And one of the things that we were on the lookout for uh, was uh, the COVID-19 situation that that hit Florida uh, pretty quickly. We thought it was uh, kind of strange just the timing of it all. Uh, Dan Mullen making the comment that he'd love to have 90,000 people in the stands against LSU. And now his team's got pretty much uh, close to 20 cases of uh, of COVID-19 within the program. Uh, the last game that they played was against the Texas A&M Aggies. Got a loss on the road in College Station. 
Uh, the last thing that we heard, nothing really had happened. Uh, things were still going well on the Aggie front. But what's the latest that you've heard from uh, Texas A&M and the Florida COVID-19 situation? So they were unfortunately having to go through protocol as per se, just because that they were unfortunately around players who did come into contact with COVID-19. Uh, but however, as of right now, there is no clarification that they will be postponing or just, or, um, or, or shutting down all facilities at this time. You know, according to Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M athletic director, he said they felt confident that because they're testing, because of what they've been through, because of what they've seen in the past several days, no player has seemed to, uh, seem to, come out with symptoms they are going with protocol as planned still going through daily testing still making sure the players are healthy so until anything happens to where you do see one or two positive cases i believe that everything is just going to be put at stance stand put you're going to see a game be played this week against mississippi state i think what's really helpful for a&m is they have a bye week coming up so if there is a positive case they can dissect it they can shut down the facility for a week reopen back up in a week after that on the week of the 20 and prepare for their upcoming game against Arkansas. But as of this week, I expect a full game, full participation with all players against the likes of the Bulldogs. Big thanks to Taylor Jones of Locked On Mississippi State for having me on the show. Again, I wish we could have had more time. Unfortunately, this is just part of the schedule during busy work weeks. But I want to give a huge shout out to him. Make sure you're following Mississippi State. And the Aggies will prepare for their upcoming game. That's going to do for this edition of Locked On Aggies. My shout out again to Taylor Jones. Make sure you're following him and at Locked On Mississippi State. They do a fabulous job covering everything Bulldogs down in Starkville, Mississippi. Tomorrow, let's talk about the number one wide receiver position. Caleb Chapman's going to be out for the rest of the year, so who's going to step up? And could this finally be DeMond Dimas' time to shine as the new number one brightest star in the 12th man program and the brightest star in the Lone Star State? Well, with all that and more, make sure you subscribe to the podcast every single day as a Locked On Podcast Day on iTunes, Spotify, and LockedOnPodcast.com. Follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Follow us, fellas. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, you know, this has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.